Welcome to Sidewalk Talk. I'm Maria Batt, Director on Client Relations and Design for Shovel the Sidewalk. We're a small marketing firm in Buffalo, New York, building brands for small businesses and posting their message out there through authentic storytelling. And today, I'm super excited. Uh, we have with us Chef Mike Andrzejewski. Um, I am well aware of him. If you live in Buffalo, you are too. He's had restaurants, Tsunami, Mike A, Bourbon and Butter, Seabar, and he's at Cantina Local right now. Mike, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time. I know things are insane. We're in a really weird new purgatory place right now. Um, just all kind of hanging around. So thanks for taking the time. Well, we're just kind of going day by day and trying to uh make the best of a really bad situation. So I thought um, we could start a little bit um, about your background for those of you who maybe aren't in, um, don't know you. So how long have you been a chef in Buffalo for? Oh I've been a chef in Buffalo. Well I've been working in restaurants. I started at Salvatore's Italian Gardens um, in 1976 so probably longer than most of you guys have been alive. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've been cooking all my life, basically. It's really the only job I've ever had. Uh, I've worked in some really great places for some great restaurant owners and chefs that taught me a lot along the way. What pushed you into being a chef? Um, I started off at Salvatore's as a busboy, and I was really, really bad at it. <laughs> um, just being in the dining room, I was obviously pretty klutzy and just wasn't very graceful out there. But I knew I really kind of liked the restaurant business and the excitement around it. So I asked Mr. Salvatore if we could go work in the kitchen instead. And he said that that was probably a really good idea and uh, took me back there immediately to get me out of the dining room. Um, and I knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do. And uh, it's the only, like I said, the only job I've ever had. And then, so where did you go after Salvatore's, um, you went to school? No, I went worked. Uh, I ended up going to later on going to Villa Maria College for um, a restaurant management course and a degree. Um, I worked at a lot of different places that really kind of pushed me along the way. Some of the outstanding ones were Shepherd's Public House. Uh, the Rue Franklin was a huge influence mm -hmm. on me. On me, uh, Joel and Dee Dee really kind of showed me the light, so to speak. Um, I worked at Warren's for Mark and Sue out in Tonawanda when we were doing some really innovative stuff. Um, Oliver's for about 10 plus years, and uh, that was one of the biggest influences in my life as well. Is the Oliver's where you started working with um, Ed Forrester? Is that where you guys started? Um, no, Ed started at um, Tsunami when he was about 17. Um, he was just getting into the workforce and he wanted to find a job, so he showed up at our back door a couple of times and asked if he could come in and hang out and work and uh, we hired him. Uh, he worked with us for a little while and then he went on to school and uh, he's turned out uh, to be a lifelong friendship. Uh, I've got an amazing amount of respect for him and he's one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. Oh my God, he has this braised bone marrow that I dream about, it's so good. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about what's going on. Where the coronavirus has hit the hospitality industry harder than a lot of others. Um, what are you? What are you guys doing? Where? What are you doing with your staff? How are you guys staying open in some capacity? 
Um, right now at Cantina Loco, we're really only doing takeout and uh, the delivery services, Grubhub and um, DoorDash. Um, we've had to lay off the majority of the staff. We've kept like kind of a skeleton crew. Uh, myself and my wife are working, you know, takeout and cooking and anything else that needs to be done. Uh, we've got a couple of people in the kitchen that are coming in and helping and uh, Kenzie, our uh, loyal warrior takeout girl is uh, there plugging along with us. And there's things that are probably changing every day. Um, are you guys getting new regulations? What do you have to do to be able to stay open? You know, it's been really, like you said, a day-to-day -day situation that, um, you know, we just really kind of pay attention to the uh, news press and news and press releases, um, follow, you know, the best directives from the health department that we can, uh, you know, sanitation and hygiene and everything else is such a big part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're really trying to keep contact down to a minimum. Um, it's just an ongoing thing, you know, getting deliveries in and making sure that everything comes in properly is all just uh, one challenge on top of another. Yeah. And how, how are you seeing people, how are Buffalonians that are coming in? Are they in relatively good spirits? Are they super excited that you're offering margaritas and Mexican beer with your takeout? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of the good parts of this thing is that uh, I never thought I'd be able to see a day in New York State when we could hand drinks out the door and tell people to go, you know, <laughs> drop these off for your neighbors, walk down the street with them, just be careful. Um, we've really just kind of adapted as much as we could, um, trying to get as many things into our customers' hands as possible and uh, try to have some fun with it. The people that have been coming have been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, they've helped take care of the staff. They've been very generous with gratuities for our people. Um, people have dropped off, you know, money for the kitchen staff to give a couple extra bucks in their pocket. Um, I got a check in the mail from one of our customers that said, please use this towards your staff. Um, it, it's pretty overwhelming and I feel really kind of honored to be part of this community. I saw that you're bringing some cult classics back, like the beef on weck roll, which were probably sold out before you were even done rolling them. Um, first of all, where did that come from? Did you work for like years and months perfecting that? Or was that an I'm home at 4am and this is what I have in the refrigerator type of situation? Um, that came back from, we started that at Tsunami. When we first started doing sushi, we did a very limited thing. But we did a lot of different dinners and wine dinners so we could experiment a little bit. Um, and the story behind that, and this is pretty much 100% true, is we did a wine dinner one time. And um, I, don't, I don't remember what wines we were featuring, but we had a bunch of different courses. And one course was a beef carpaccio. So we had all this scraps of pounded out beef left over. And another course had something with sushi rice and a sushi course. So at the end of the dinner, we took all the bottles of wine back in the kitchen. As we were cleaning up, we started drinking them, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're getting a little bit of a buzz on while we're scrubbing down the line and uh, got a little hungry. So I was grabbing a piece of the raw beef and scooping up some sushi rice. And my sous chef, Eddie O'Donnell, did the same thing. And then he kind of walked away and he comes out of the cooler smiling like he just won the lottery or something <laughs> with a cup full of horseradish and said, here, dip this in there. <laughs> and we're looking at each other and it's like, okay, this is something we're onto. Um, in the next couple of days, we sort of perfected it into the role that it is, and it hasn't changed a bit since. 
we came to Seabar one of the last nights and I got an order to go and I literally rationed it and had like one for breakfast every morning as long as I, as long as I could. So what other things are you thinking of bringing back? Because there's a lot of favorites out there, maybe like a Cantino Loco style bao bun or crispy piggier perhaps? Um, the problem with those is the bao bun, the bao seam buns don't travel very well. Yeah. You've got like a kind of a 10 minute window to eat them or else they get kind of sticky and cold and not great. Um, I think I'm probably going to be doing a batch of the um, Thai coconut uh, curry soup, which was mm -hmm. a hugely popular thing. Um, we'll have to see what else. I'm kind of leery about doing anything crazy seafood because of the traveling time, um, the delivery systems are not a great way to package raw fish. Um, so we're working on a couple of things and, uh, you know, just trying to keep the best quality we can with what we've got to work with. Yeah. How is this affecting your vendors? Cause you guys are like very well noted for having incredibly fresh seafood and the best ingredients. How is this affecting that? Um, our, the people we work with, um, are all like local companies, except for a couple of, uh, you know, Hawaiian seafood distributors and people we would fly stuff in, but we're not doing that for the time being for a lot of reasons. Um, but the local guys have been really struggling to keep the stuff that we need and they've been doing a great job of it. So we're really kind of grateful that we've, for the most part, gotten everything we need. Um, there's been a lot of adjustments as times and their delivery schedules are cut down, you know, because of workforce and things like that. But um, I've got to really hand it to them. Everybody's done a big job buffalo job of pulling together through the whole thing the food community in buffalo seems like it is so tightly woven together um i've seen you guys rally around from the iron event to most recently um the meal that you guys did for dan olis when he passed away are you guys working together what are you doing to support each other there's quite a few different things going on um that people are working on but we're really just kind of helping each other out as much as possible. Um, uh, the, it's really kind of an amazing community here that we're all pretty tight and you know, some people have described it as almost incest, incestuous, but um, it's, uh, um, it, there's a lot of friendship there and there's a lot of loyalty, not only to each other, but to the city in general. So we try to make sure that we're all kind of rising with the boat and tide. How do you think this is gonna affect the restaurant scene going forward? I mean, eventually we're gonna get to the other side of who knows when the hell that's gonna be, but what do you, what's your prediction for how things are gonna change? Um, I, I shy away from giving any prediction. I don't really know. I'm on, kind of in the same boat as everybody else. I'm, the longer it lasts, the worse it's gonna get. I have nightmares and staying awake late at night when thinking about what Buffalo looked like in the early 90s when everything was shuttered and uh, yeah. you know there's so many empty storefronts and it's a really really frightening thing hopefully uh, you know I know a lot of our elected officials are really pushing for some help from this and I know Brian Higgins has been very involved in it uh, along with uh, Senator Schumer has been really pushing for the big picture not just a quick fix mm -hmm. um, hopefully the sooner we can get past it, the sooner we can recover, uh, hopefully without too much collateral damage. Aside from eating out, how else can our community support the hospitality industry? You know, getting as much food as you can. Uh, places that are selling gift certificates is a big help. Uh, we're doing t-shirts and different things like that instead. Um, 
you know, uh, I'm, I'm concerned that everybody is going to be in the same situation eventually mm -hmm. that where money's going to start running out because everybody's hours getting cut. Everybody's incomes are being affected by this. Um, keep the long run in, in perspective. I mean, don't go out and spend all your disposable income in one week. Uh, kind of help spread it out. Uh, the longer we can survive and on a shoestring before they, everything's cut off completely, the better. Um, you know, the biggest thing I can say is just be patient with people, um, with each other, with restaurant takeout people or delivery drivers. Um, in, in general, it's been a very difficult week and it's not going to get any better for the next couple. So hopefully we can, you know, be civil to each other and take care of each other and help. Um, I think there's a lot of people that look up to you. There's a lot of chefs that have trained under you. Um, what um, advice would you give them to just kind of keep going through all this? Because it's probably really easy to just shutter the doors and worry about it further further down the line. You know, um, I, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the week or the week after. Um, but for the meantime, I'm really kind of looking at restaurants and what we're doing is a lot more than just giving somebody a meal. You know, we're always such a big part of people's communities and lives and every good, bad thing, you know, you end up eating something somewhere. Um, right now, we're kind of like the last vestiges of luxury or even enjoyment. Um, so it's more than just about money. It's more about, you know, the bottom line. We're really trying to keep some happiness in people's lives. And I think it's uh, really kind of one of the last lights that are still on that we can look forward to. Um, so we're going to try and do the best job we can, um, put a smile on people's face as much as possible and kind of tough it out as we can. There's some people that um, are probably cooking from at home for like the first time and in, in forever. There's other people that bought a sous vide machine maybe 15 years ago and were like convinced that they were going to use it. <laughs> so we all have a lot of time on our hands and we obviously can't eat out every day. What's a good place to start for people to, how would you push them to really start having fun in their kitchens? Um, start with your skill level. Don't go crazy overboard thinking you're going to make a Michelin star meal. <laughs> right away um you're going to get disappointed you're going to get frustrated um look for things that you'd like to eat um you know you're not going to find foie gras dashes or gershios but you know you can find some pretty nice meats at spars or one of the local places and uh you know start off by pan grilling a really nice piece of meat and some great potatoes um practice your knife skills you know make a pot of soup um you know, there's some really great websites out there and YouTube videos. Um, honestly, one of my favorite go-to sites is Martha Stewart. Her stuff is mm -hmm. flawless. Her recipes are tested. Um, they always work for me. Uh, you know, keep interested in what you're doing. Read more about food. The more you learn, the better cook you're going to be. So where, if you're not eating at Cantina Loco, which you're probably chained to that place for the foreseeable future right now, where else, if you're going to eat out, right now, where would you go? Um, lately, we've been going to uh, Mythos on Elmwood for, we have breakfast a little later in the day, and I don't know, it's just sort of soul satisfying to have a,
couple of eggs and pancakes and mm -hmm. uh, just enjoy that. We like JT's quite a bit. Uh, Jay's Artisan Pizza is phenomenal. There's oh my a, God, they're the best. Yeah. There's a couple of phenomenal uh, Asian places around um, in Kenmore and Tonawanda. Just little mom and pop, you know, Chinese places that are outstanding. Um, Marble and Rye have had everything, you know, great sandwiches to fine dining meals there. So it's, it's there's a, there's so much to offer in so many places that are doing stuff. Uh, Crave over on Hurdle has been mm -hmm. fantastic. They're doing some really good takeout. Um, there's a lot of places. So, you know, support the people that have been helping our community for a long time and, you know, try to do what we can. So I thought we could wrap up with just some fun, like rapid fire questions. Um, okay, let me have a sip of coffee here. And okay, we'll, we'll fuel, go fuel up. All right, let's have it. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite thing to cook at home? Soup. Anyone in particular? Uh, classic grandma style chicken soup. Yeah. Um, what is like your kind of guilty pleasure food? Like your instant mashed potato, like dirty soup? Ritz crackers. Ritz crackers? Love them. What's your favorite music to listen to when you're cooking? Uh, generally, I have a pretty varied taste, but um, kind of classic rock to early punk, um, blues are probably the top ones. What kind of knife do you have? How it kind? Yeah, oh, I've probably got about 30 of them. Everything from $1,000 Japanese sushi knives to utility, you know, wooden handled beat up chef's knives that we use every day. Uh, my favorites are uh, Makusta um, Asian style chef knife. Um, I have a couple of Suisin uh, slicing knives that I really like a lot. And um, just good utility, sharp everyday knives. Anthony Bourdain once said that he wished above all else that Americans understood that they had to let their meat sit before they cut into it. What's one thing that you wish everybody cooking at home knew? The biggest thing, most important ingredient that anybody puts into anything is patience. Hmm. So I would say knife skills, being able to cut things the right way, to learn how to carve a steak the right way, uh, how to debone a chicken, um, start with a good fresh ingredient and just learn to treat it respectfully. I mean, the basic stuff like pork chops and cutting out a pork loin or, you know, trimming up a steak the right way would be probably make people's lives a lot better and a lot easier. Who is another chef in Buffalo that's exciting you right now? Oh man, hard a lot of them. Uh, the guys at um, Prescott's Provisions, Chef Vinny, mm -hmm. uh, he's really doing some amazing food. Um, Steve Gedra always has some crazy stuff. Um, Marble and Rye, the guys over there are fantastic. Um, there's so many of them. Uh, I really like um, JT's over on Elmwood for just their homemade pasta dishes and, you know, really classic stuff like that. What's one food that you hate? Cottage cheese and canned tuna. Oh, canned tuna. I know. It's the worst. Oh, why would you do that with a piece of fish like that? Oh. <laughs>
So something that I've always kind of like fantasized about that I feel like they should have, but they don't, are chef trading cards. Who would be a couple that would be in your deck? Uh, Daniel Balud, Paul Bocuse, um, Pierre Gagné, uh, Guy Savoy, Thomas Keller, um, half the city of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alfred Portali would probably be one of my top ones. Uh, you know, originally a Buffalo guy, built the Gotham Bar and Grill to an icon of New York City restaurants, recently opened his own place. Um, you know, I've got a lot of cookbooks and a lot of heroes. And last, what are you looking forward to when we're on the other side of this? Um, I have this vision of having the patio open at Cantina, uh, sidewalk style cafes all full and uh, people smiling and kind of saying, okay, we made it. You know, maybe we learn, learn something about this and let's really kind of cherish the restaurant culture that we have. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time. I really am fangirling and very excited that that you're you're on today. Um, I know you said that so many people's memories and good times are around food, and I know I have a lot of them in your restaurant. So thank you, and thank you for staying open. Um, if anybody wants to try out Cantina Loco, it's on the corner of Elmwood and Allen. Definitely get a cocktail on your, for not while you're driving and on your way home, but you know, whenever we get to where you're getting to. Yeah, um, idea for a new promotion with those, you know. If you got a neighbor you like or whatever, grab a couple or little cocktail kits and leave them on the doorstep, ring the doorbell, and run away. <laughs> like when you're a kid and left a flaming bag of whatever, yeah. and but it's a little nicer. So if you like your neighbors, leave them a margarita. <laughs> I love it. Um, so thank you. If um, anybody is interested in hearing more of our podcast, you can check them out on our website, shovelthesidewalk.com or any place that you stream your podcast. Um, if you have somebody that you think has an interesting story to tell, or there's something that you're dying to get out there, you can hop on our website and on our Sidewalk Talk webpage, we have a form that you can fill out. Thank you for listening. And this has been Sidewalk Talk.